Welcome to the Positively You podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Larson, and I'm passionate about helping you shift the way you think so you can create a life you're absolutely obsessed with. Each week, I'll be bringing you a guest or a thought that's going to help you feel more optimistic and equipped to take real action. Get ready to push past limiting beliefs, ditch that negativity, and start showing up as the best and most positive version of you. Girl, let's do this. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Positively You podcast. I'm super excited about today's guest, Emily Nichols. She is a fellow podcaster and the host of the podcast Self Transform. It helps working moms create sustainable health through habit hacks in less time, guilt-free. So heck yes, sign me up for that. Um, Emily's on a mission to redefine what self-care really means and equip other women with sustainable health habit hacks to help transform your life from the inside out and start putting yourself first without the guilt. So she has the Habit Hacking Society, which I'm very excited to find out about and self-transform you. So this, I'm just lit up. I'm so excited. I can't wait to dive in with you. Thanks for being here, Emily. Jesse, thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm excited to chat with you. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, I want to hear your podcast title really intrigues me, self-transformed. What does that mean to you? Yeah, that's actually the first question I ask every guest because everyone's like definition of that is totally different. And for me, coming from my own transformation and now helping others transform, it means something completely different to me too. So for me, it means equipping yourself with the tools in order to continually transform. And in my in my area of expertise, that is in regards to your health. A lot of times we aren't taking care of ourselves and, you know, throughout life, we're always in a constant state of change or a different season, not just like weather-wise, but a different season of your life coming and going and change happening. And sometimes that's really uncomfortable. But the whole point of the show is to equip you with your own transformation tools, your own habit hacks to help you continually take care of yourself, no matter what season you are in your life and continually self-transforming and being okay with that too, right? Mm, I love that. I love the emphasis on continually because there's not like an end point. I think so often we want to have that final destination. So I love that your emphasis is on you're not going to get to an end point. You're going to continue to transform. Totally. Yeah. It's, it never ends and that's, and it's uncomfortable and it's scary sometimes, but also there's a lot of joy and excitement in that too. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious then your background a little bit that what got you to this point? Um, you know, I think we all have like our own stories and, and what kind of pushes us to then share. Do you mind kind of diving in and letting us know like how you got to where you are now? Yeah, I don't mind whatsoever. I'll take you back to about 2015, actually. That was a very pivotal point um, in my own transformation when I finally like figured out like, oh, I should probably be taking care of myself. Like everyone (laughs) wins when I do this. Um, But at the time I was busy climbing the corporate ladder. Um, I was dealing with stress, anxiety, trying to be like the perfect like Pinterest mom, like creating like these crazy birthday parties for my boys, which, you know, spoiler alert, they didn't really care. Um, They just need like cake and they're good to go and some outside time with their friends. Um, And my husband at the time was working like night shift, second shift, all these different shifts for work. And he wasn't sleeping well. 
at all for, it was almost about 18 month period. So our house felt very tense and mm -hmm. I was dealing with it with like, um, sugar, alcohol, excessive online shopping. And I wasn't a very present mom or very present or very patient mom sometimes. And I didn't have a big friend group around me. It was just like my, my, my two boys, my husband and I just surviving, like barely, barely surviving. And so it was in September of 2015, actually, um, we decided like, okay, enough is enough. We're going to start taking care of ourselves. And we did it together. And we just changed the way we were eating. We did that um, through something called the Whole30. And at the end of the 30 days, we were like, oh my gosh, I feel freaking amazing. Um, my husband actually approached me about doing it. And I was like, absolutely not. I am not giving <laughs> up cookies, margaritas, wine, like your, your bananas thinking of. I'm going to do this, but we did it together because our health was really dependent on it, not just physical health, but mental health. And I was the type of person, like I would find like an ab challenge on Instagram and like save a screenshot. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to start this Monday. And I would do it like Monday through Wednesday and by Friday, like I was the queen of like starting and stopping things. Mm -hmm. So for me, you know, having that accountability with him and completing something like the whole 30 and 30 days. I was on fire and that I finished something and it just kept snowballing from there. We were like, what else can we do? We, we feel so great. We were like, we're going to sign up for Spartan races. My husband is, has always been a runner and he wasn't running for a long time um, because of um, not sleeping well and it was physically affecting him. And he lost 50 pounds and he's a Boston marathon qualified runner now. And wow. I was like, I've always really like, you know, spin classes. And one day I was like, I feel like I should teach spin classes. I really, I really like feel like called to do this. And then since then, it's just snowballed from there. So what I realized over time that was like, okay, I got my food under control. Okay. I started moving my body. Oh, I'm starting to listen to like podcasts and books on personal development. I like joined a running group just to find a group of women who had similar interests to me. And Jesse, I don't even like running. Like I just joined it to like find like similar people. And what I, realized over probably like a six to nine month period, it was like, well, I've kind of like curated my own self-care routine, which is actually sticking because I've created some really substantial habits in my life. And I was really digging deep into habit strategy at the time as well. And was like, okay, like there has to be a gap in between that needs to be filled where, you know, we get all this health advice. And we're like, okay, we know I need to eat healthy, move my body, like talk nice to myself, but I'm so busy and I'm like trying to do all the things. That's where like habit hacks and habit strategy really just kind of bridges that gap. And that's what I kind of help women do now is transform the way they see health and curate their own health plan based on habit hacks that works within your own life. Because what may work for me may not work for you and what your schedule is, but the basic habit strategy, the bones of it is there to help you do that. So that's what I do now. You know, I started the podcast, you know, I still um, teach group fitness. I have my own programming to help women habit hack their health pretty much. And we do it in a really um, not overwhelming way in a way that it doesn't feel like just another thing on your to-do list. It feels fulfilling and now it allows you to um, thrive instead of just survive. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And I love that it's almost like, you know, it's a snowball effect. Like you built that foundation. It was like, oh, I, I eat healthy. And now like, what else can I do? I love, like, there's so much evidence of that, of when you complete something that it just lights you on fire and that you were that like serial person of like starting Monday, get to Wednesday by Friday. You're like, what ab challenge? Oh my gosh. And if it was like 
the first day of the month on a Monday, I was like, oh, this is it. I'm going to stick with it for sure. And then I was like, ah, no, I'm not. Cause I didn't have oh, strategy yeah. behind it and that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. I, I just, I love how you almost not stumbled into this, but you started small without like intending to start small, which I think mm -hmm. is like a really cool story for you. So you keep mentioning habit hacks and I'm curious about that. And I know you've mentioned something about the taco method. Is that kind of your signature thing? You had me at tacos. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone that listens to my show knows that like, okay, Emily's going to be talking about tacos at some point because it's just a fun acronym that I use. But pretty much, you know, I dug so deep into personal development and I learned about habit strategy. I eventually became a behavior change specialist because like I said, I'm really bridging that gap between um, knowing what to do for your health and how to actually make it happen. So when you think of habit hacking, you kind of think of it in three steps. So I'll share kind of like a three-step strategy um, that I share, but also share a little bit of what the taco method <laughs> means. It's just an acronym to remember. Um, but pretty much when you think of habit hacks or habit um, strategies, it's a three-step process just to make this really simple. So you first have some type of cue or a trigger in order to do a habit. So for example, I'm sure you get up first thing in the morning and you'll brush your teeth. You do that without thinking about it. We have habits already established that are unconscious, right? Mm -hmm. They don't feel hard. We're going to be doing them no matter what, right? We're going to do it no matter what. But then we have the actual routine we do. So maybe it's brushing your teeth and the reward is, okay, I have clean breath for the day. I'm feeling great. Good to go. Now, when we're starting a new habit though, that feels hard you know, when you're, when you're starting a new habit, it takes brain power. And I don't know about you, but I have a lot of tabs open in my head <laughs> and, oh, yes. and all the other things. So adding something new, even if it's for like the betterment of your health, it's hard. So you kind of have to think um, a little creatively and strategically. So that cue routine reward. So maybe, you know, you want to start doing um, listening to podcasts. So maybe your cue is actually stacking on top of something you're already doing without thinking about it. So brushing your teeth, for example, you stack on listening to a podcast while you're brushing your teeth. Okay. The cue is I'm brushing my teeth. The routine is listening to it. The reward is while wow, I'm filling my mind with positive thoughts, personal development, and I'm able to take action. So it's kind of thinking of it in a simple strategy like that. You can dig, we dig deeper into this in all my programming as far as like inventorying your current habits, what you want to get rid of, which getting rid of bad habits is a whole another story in itself. Um, but this, in speaking of the taco method, it kind of breaks it down into a few layers, if you will. So you're building your perfect taco and that looks different for everyone, but there's usually some basic layers like the taco shell, like the, whatever type of protein, the veggies, you always got to have like guac or sour cream on top. So you're crafting your own perfect taco, but the T in the taco methods first stands for transform your thoughts. So we really focus on losing that guilt mindset. We have a lot of times, you know, I work with a lot of, with a lot of working moms. I'm a working mom. We feel guilty for taking care of ourselves or taking time away from our family. So we have some strategies to help um, our clients really transform the way they think. The A in the taco method stands for just action through habit strategy. So having an actual plan, using that three-step method to actually make it work in 
your life. And then C stands for consistency. I think a lot of times consistency trumps everything as far as starting new habits, but we just don't give ourselves enough time to let that happen. It actually takes about 21 days to form a habit, but it takes 90 days for it to feel like a lifestyle for it to mm. not feel like hard anymore. Right. You know, you probably have a habit in your life where you, where, you know, you do it every day without fail now, but when you first started it, maybe you kind of sporadically did it. Um, so we have some deeper um, level coaching that we do around consistency. And then, oh, it's just overcoming challenges, you know, having some strategies in place when, you know, you're in a busy sports season with your kids and you're like, oh my gosh, how am I going to find the time to, you know, prep a little bit of healthy meals? How am I going to find time to move my body today? You know, I have a big launch coming up. How am I going to make this work? And what you've done over time is just built your own crafted little taco, whatever that looks like for you habits um, with your own current habits, but that's pretty much the base layers to build like the perfect habit strategy for you, but to make them stick. And then once it starts sticking, you start feeling more confident. You start being like, just like that snowball I had, we've, we call it the positivity snowball in the self-transformed world. You've built this positivity snowball and it keeps getting bigger and bigger. And you're like, what else can I do? What else can I do? And so that's pretty much the taco method in general. I absolutely love it. I'm a, such a sucker for acronyms and any like word play or whatever. So, and I love tacos. So <laughs> that was go. so good. I, the C in taco, I think you're a hundred percent right. The consistency does not get like the praise that it needs. We start so many things and we don't see the result right away, or it's like, it's too hard. And that consistency and even like, you know, 21 days to make a habit, 90 days to make it feel like a lifestyle. I would say even longer, like consistency totally is the long game. I'm thinking about changes that I made three and four years ago and the consistency of that when like life gets crazy and it's like, all right, but I've been able to keep up. Like maybe it's not at a hundred percent level, but like a very baseline level of that same practice or that same habit. And that consistency trumps everything, everything. And you know, a lot of it's giving yourself grace too, you know, like I'm not that further ahead than most people. I just kind of have it figured out because I've geeked out on habit strategy over the past seven years. Right. So, you know, over the past, this summer, I, I actually went through um, a tailbone. I broke my tailbone. And so all of my current habits like flew out the window and I was feeling just so not confident in myself. And I kind of went through my own programming again at the beginning of August and it was like, okay, you know, this is okay. I went through a period where maybe I just needed to forego what I was doing and start over. And, you know, it's, it's okay when you're in those seasons of your life. I think what happens though is we get stuck there. You know, we don't have that consistency piece anymore. And then we're just like, well, woe is me. I can't, I just can't get it together. And we get on the hot mess express and we can't get off. You know, it's a matter of getting off the hot mess express, reestablishing those habits and being okay with starting back over. I mean, I've had to start back over on all my healthy habits since the beginning of August. And um, it's been a process, but I'm kind of at that point now where I'm like in the zone and I'm feeling confident again in myself. Absolutely. And I think starting over, I mean, with going with like getting rid of guilt and transforming your thoughts, I think transforming your thoughts around the idea of starting over is so important too, because you're not starting over from scratch. I think about it. Here's like a fun little analogy of if you're doing like a home project, but you have no tools whatsoever. So like you got to go buy the paintbrush and the tape measure and the saw and the hammer, right? Like you got to collect all of the things. 
And then when you go to do the next project or to start over, right, start over, you're not starting from scratch. You don't have to go back to the hardware store and buy all of the things. Like, so you have the tools already. You already have like this, like step ahead for when you are starting over. And I think that that's something really important to realize because yeah, life is going to happen. You're going to get things thrown at you. You're going to break your tailbone. <laughs> like, And being able to like give yourself that grace to be like, that's fine. We can, we can do this. We've got the tools and we can go ahead and do that. And, you know, you mentioned doing it guilt-free. You're not alone in feeling guilt. I don't think it's like this, like, hi, we all feel it. I know as working moms, we feel it. I know as stay at home moms, we feel guilt for taking time for ourselves. But like you said, in the beginning, when we were talking about your story, you weren't at your best when you weren't taking care of yourself. So like self-care really isn't selfish, but how do we, or how do you get rid of that guilt to start taking care of yourself? Is that something that keeps creeping up and you've got like something in your back pocket that you can combat that with? Yeah, totally. And you know, since I teach a lot of how of of a guilt-free mindset, it doesn't mean that I don't feel guilty. Sometimes it still creeps in totally like, Oh, I should be doing this, but I need to do that. Or I should be with my kids, but I need to, I need to go have some girlfriend time. Um, but you know, there's a couple of things to think about when that grief, that guilt starts creeping back in a couple of strategies that we use is number one, we ask ourselves, whatever that thought is, you're asking your, you're telling yourself like, Oh my gosh, my kids are going to be so upset. Ask yourself, is this true? Like, is this really true? Are they actually like upset or is this a story? I'm telling myself that is such a powerful statement to ask yourself because a lot of times you're like, no, it's not. Or number two, talk to a friend, talk to another mom who's maybe in a in similar shoes as you and be like, you know, I'm feeling really guilty about doing this or that your friend is going to lift you up and be like, girl, don't feel guilty. You're doing great. Just like how you would do for them. And then lastly, this one's probably the hardest one is to actually ask like your partner or kids like, Hey, does it make you mad, sad, angry, or whatever if I need to go do this or that for myself? And more most cases they're gonna be like, no, I don't care, <laughs> especially if I have a teenager. Um, like I do, you know, like I do a daily walk every day. And yesterday was kind of a crazy day and I didn't get it in early in the day and sun setting earlier. Now my oldest was like, Hey, I'm gonna throw a pizza in the oven, you know, if you wanna go for your walk like really quick. And I was like, like he understood like, okay, mom needs to go do this, like for her mental health. And I know she's going to be a lot happier on the other side if she just goes out and even just walks a mile by herself really quick. So I think if you have those strategies in your back pocket, instead of keeping it all in, actually talking to yourself, talking to a friend and talking to like the most important people in your life that you're afraid are going to have some type of feelings about you taking care of yourself you're going to reverse that grill. You're going to reverse it and be like, oh, okay, well, I feel actually really good doing this. And I am more patient. I am more present and everyone wins in the end. Mm, I love that. I heard a a saying one time and I wish I could remember like where I heard it, but it was shame lives in secrecy and shame and guilt are very closely related. And every single one of those things that I heard you say to battle that guilt was getting out of your own head. It was asking yourself a question verbally, like, is this true? It was talking to a friend. It was uh, talking with your actual kids and your husband. So as soon as you stop that from being like a secret feeling inside of you, that guilt is completely released. Sure. Absolutely. And it's a habit that you have to reverse and have these things in your back pocket, like you said, just to be able to 
reverse that guilt. Does it always creep? Does it, is it going to creep back in? Sure. It will. It will. And maybe you'll have a conversation where they're like, yeah, you know, today I really would like for you to do this with me, mom, or do that. And then you're like, okay, now I know. And every, and you still feel great about it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So with self-care then, okay. So we've battled the guilt. We know it's important for us, but I think we overcomplicate self-care sometimes, or maybe we, I don't know, we have it defined wrong. Yeah. So what is actual self-care? Yeah. Kind of like the phrase self-transformed. I think self-care is really personal to you. I think it's a buzzword. I feel like if you were to like look up the hashtag like self-care Sunday or something on Instagram, you'd see people doing like bubble baths or like painting their nails or something. And I think all that is fabulous. Like give me more of that. However, I feel like self-care in itself is actually a lot harder. It's not the indulgent things. It is that every little tiny task or habit you do to help take care of yourself. And that looks different for everybody. It could be, you know, going outside for a walk. It could be turning off all the notifications on your phone. It could be setting some boundaries and saying, no, I don't need to go do this. Or instead of having FOMO, having JOMO, like having the joy of missing out of things sometimes, which I'm finding more and more um, lately, which feels like really great to be like, no, I'm not going to do that right now. And it's like, well, that feels really good. Like that's a something that lights you up. It could even just be, you know, we're heading into the fall season. It could be able to, you know, put on like a cute little scarf and have like your window down just a little bit and playing like some nineties, um, hip hop for me. Like that just feels like joy for me on a really great day. And for me, that's a form of self-care. It's really just the tiny things to help take care of yourself. You know, it's, it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be really, really simple things to take care of yourself and watching your cup just totally fill up, 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 up. And that way everyone around you doesn't get like the very, very bottom of the pitcher. They get the overflow. They're getting the overflow versus like the tiny little, tiny, tiny little drop at the bottom of the pitcher. They're getting that overflow, which like I said, everyone wins. Absolutely. I think it is funny. Cause like you said, you know, you click on hashtag self-care Sunday and it's all of these indulgent things. It's the pedicures, it's the massages, it's doing the face masks, which all good things like sign me up, but it, it is so different than that. And I think as women, we are very, very good at the needs of everyone else and cluing into that. Like mm -hmm. I know what my kids need and I know if they have an off day, like this kid needs a hug, this kid needs alone time. Right. And so it's like, you're also that person that you're taking care of and to almost view it. Like I almost have to like step outside myself a little bit and be like, you're just another person on, not on the list, but like, you know, you've got your three kids, your husband and you, and I view myself almost like separately of like, what does this person need as well? And like you said, just making it personal. And it's so many other things. I was thinking last week, I had a, an example of where I had a realization. I was, I was like, Oh, this is self-care. And it was a visit to the dentist. I don't think most people would consider a dentist visit self-care, <laughs> but when I made the appointment, I was like, listen, I've got my kids there on a six month schedule and they're there every six months. And I thought to myself, wait a second, when was the last time I went? And I had totally neglected my own like dental care. And I, <laughs> I really couldn't remember the last time I went and I was like, that is not good. And I went and it was fine. I had no cavities, praise the heavens. And <laughs> But it was, I was laying in that chair and I thought, this is self-care because this is something that I need to do to take care of myself. So it can be defined in so many different ways, but I think it is just like taking a look at yourself and being like, what does this person need? 
to feel taken care of. Oh, and plus you got to just lay there for like a half an hour. Like I mean, someone day. was in my mouth. So <laughs> there's that, but just like, I'm like, just laying there for like half an hour or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I feel like self-care is such a buzzword and people see it in such a negative way sometimes. So when I actually started my podcast, it had a different name. It used to be called the self-care isn't selfish podcast. And because I truly in my whole heart believe that, but okay believe it or not you're not the only one that that's happened to. <laughs> uh, well he always lays down under my feet and he thought he heard something anyways rewind so my show actually used to be called the self-care isn't selfish podcast and I changed it to self-transform because kind of like that tool analogy you gave earlier Jesse you know we're thinking about equipping people with tools I feel like I'm equipping people with self, um, self-care tools in order to transform their lives. But I changed the name of the show because I feel like self-care is so polarizing how people see it. And I was like, I want to be able to people to click on this show and listen to it and be like, oh, you know, self-care really isn't selfish. But I think some people see that and they're like, well, yeah, it is. It is like taking time away from everyone else and just being like all about you, 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 you. And, you know, you know, I feel, you know, I'm a person of faith and I'm like, God calls us to take care of ourselves. So, by golly, I'm going to take care of myself because everyone else is going to get the benefit of that. But yeah, I feel like you need to, the more you lean into whatever your own self-care needs are and listen to that, the more you're going to benefit long-term and being okay with that. Mm, I love that so much. And the big takeaway that I'm getting from you and your podcast and everything is that it's so personal. It mm -hmm. is about yourself and really defining what those words mean. And if you don't want to use self-care as your word, don't use it. And yeah. just making it such a personal, personal thing, which I think is huge when we can kind of turn off the noise and shut it all off and just get really in tune with ourselves about what we need. That's when the magic really happens. That's right. That's right. And it's a habit you have to build up over time and be okay with it transforming over time too. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm sure you have opened up so many like little light bulbs in <laughs> the people listening and they want to find out more about habit hacking, their daily habits, becoming self-transformed. Where are all of the amazing places they can find you? Yeah. Well, Jesse, thank you so much for this conversation and for having me on this show. I love speaking with other podcasters. Everyone can find the self Transform podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and come follow me on Instagram at Emily Nichols too, too. Everything's under the self transformed umbrella where if you want to come be a member of the habit hack society where every month we have a specific theme and we have accountability and action. And um, we just started leading, I started leading a monthly workout there every month. It's a really close knit group of girls, just really just focus on wanting to take care of ourselves, but having some strategy and accountability behind that. Um, and there's some really exciting things coming um, later the, in 2022 for self-transform. So make sure you're following along. Awesome. Okay. And all of that is linked below. Emily, I have absolutely loved talking to you. Talking self-care and habits is one of my like geeky nerd out topics. So this has been so fun. Thank you again. Thanks for having me on Jesse. So fun. Thank you for hanging out with me again today. I'm so glad you pressed play. If you want to take a quick second to share this episode with someone you think would love it too, that would be amazing. If you're loving the show, 
make sure you go and leave a review on iTunes. Reviews are like magic for podcasts, and your review will help get this show into the ears of more amazing women just like you. And come find me over on Instagram. I'm there at positively.jesse, and I cannot wait to hang out with you some more. So until next time, have an amazing week.